Bob WP here and welcome to Do The Woo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast. This show is brought to you by Trustpilot, helping potential customers find your clients so they can make better buying decisions through reviews, and CAPTCHA 4WP plugin from WP White Security. Let's you easily integrate Google CAPTCHA on your clients' Woo shops. I'll tell you more about our pod friends later in the show, but let's get started as Jonathan and myself bring back Becca Rice from GoDaddy Pro to talk about the ecosystem and what she is excited about these days with the projects she's working on. Becca is part of the Skyverge team and has been doing the Woo for a long time. Hey, Jonathan, who do we have as a special guest today. Our special guest has not been on Do The Woo in a very long time, but she has been before. Her name is uh, Becca Rice. Becca, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm really pumped to see you guys again. It's been so long. You've got um, you've got a slightly longer title these days. You're the Senior Director <laughs> of Product Management at GoDaddy. How do you do The Woo these days? Uh, the bigger the company, the longer the title, I think, right? <laughs> it seems that way. Uh, yeah. So uh, these days I do a lot of what I had done historically at Skyverge. Um, so my teams are still very focused on working directly day in, day out with WooCommerce merchants, you know, understanding how we can, you know, help extend their experience, make it better. Uh, the cool thing about what we do now is we just get to have very different touch points with those customers, being part of a larger company and working uh, with them at the hosting layer as well as the software layer. So um, while my team also still builds WooCommerce software, as we have in the past, we also uh, work really closely with the hosting teams and especially uh, the Pagely team, now that they've joined, in um, kind of being able to have a, a better marriage between hosting and WooCommerce and optimizing performance, um, while also trying to provide you know, a more seamless software experience. So I still do a lot, uh, or do the Woo <laughs> very similarly uh, to I have for you know the past decade or so. Um, but I get to do it on a different level now uh, with GoDaddy and across multiple teams, which is a lot of fun. For those who who don't know your background, where did you first get started in WordPress? Like, what was the the genesis, your origin story? Yeah, it's been a long time with WordPress for many of us, right? <laughs> um, I was a user of WordPress first, um, and so out of college, I taught high school for uh, for four years. I was a high school chemistry teacher. I was coaching varsity sports and. Um, I found that the uh, content management systems for, for teachers in classrooms were not great at that time. And so I decided to run my own website uh, instead of using, I think we used Blackboard. And, you know, Blackboard's pretty good now, but at that point it was definitely not very fun to use. So I used WordPress uh, for my site. And uh, I kind of credit that for getting me into software more heavily, because I think like many of us, you know, you want to tinker with your site, you want to do something that's not quite out of the box. Uh, for me, it was, you know, why can't I insert a table into the page content? So then you learn HTML and you learn CSS, then you learn PHP and JavaScript. So that was how I got into WordPress, which, you know, led me then directly to Woo, uh, where I was working with Max and Justin uh, in Skyverge to, you know, do documentation, right? I knew how to use WordPress, install plugins. And so, you know, I kind of, uh, the, the rest is history, as they say, right? You get involved in that and then you, you know, you're the one talking to customers, you start doing care and everything. And I've kind of, now settled into the the product management niche as a result, but yeah. And for you and your 
in your WordPress origin, like where did WooCommerce first come onto the radar? Yeah. Like even as a user, like where, where did you first notice it? Yeah. And you know, so I, I have to credit, um, Max, who's my husband for that. And so he was working with uh, a small pharmaceutical company at the time and they were trying to establish their direct to consumer sales. And so in looking at all of the potential options online, you know, at that point, like Spree Commerce, Shopify was still relatively new, uh, and Jigashop and WooCommerce, um, they got into Woo mostly because uh, Max knew WordPress and um, knew that he could at least bend it to his will if if he couldn't do what he needed to do. And so then as a result, uh, I started working with them, um, not actually directly with Woo at first, but like, hey, we, we use these plugins. Can you help us document them and, and, you know, help users understand how they'd install it and set it up and use it? And so I got into Woo doing that, not actually directly running a store, um, but understanding their experience having run a store and then starting to work directly with merchants who were running their own stores. So it wasn't, uh, you know, suddenly you had an epiphany of, I want to get into e-commerce type thing. No, no, not at all. And in fact, I, d- I didn't really want two full-time jobs at that time, <laughs> right? Uh, it's, you know, one of those where it just takes up more and more and more time. I was doing grad school at the time too. So, uh, you know, one of those things where you bite off a lot more than you can chew. Um, but I think it was really cool because it led me to saying, Hey, you know what, this is really fun helping these small business owners, uh, be able to do stuff that's not possible. I think I'm really enjoying this. And so, you know, kind of leaned into that direction and, um, that like being of service to small businesses, I think is the unifying thread, right? That's what was fun. And that's what I enjoyed. So what are the things, so you've seen a lot about both in WordPress and WooCommerce over the years, right? Like being at Skyverge, like you've, you've seen WooCommerce, we'll focus on that from just a lot of different perspectives. I, I'm curious, are there any, and, and I should know this, how many years now are we talking about with WooCommerce? Is it 11, 12 years? Like, yeah, I, Woo was a platform was 2011. Yeah. I, I got started with it late 2012, early 2013. Okay. I, I kind of had worked with it a little bit at that version. I think it was 1.4 to 2.0, which for people in the ecosystem, that was a dark time. <laughs> and then more so, I remember writing just tons of documentation updates from like 2.0 to 2.1. So it's been a very long time. Are, are there any, I'm just curious because we, we have this, this uh, there's a lot of folks who are new to the space, which is great to see. Are there any like themes as you think back overall, all you've seen so much about WooCommerce's growth, any themes, positive, negative, like just things that stand out to you as you reflect on how much change and growth that there's been in the space Oh my God! from your perspective, working with small businesses in particular? Yeah. One of the things I think is not just true for WooCommerce, but WordPress overall, right? Is that unifying theme of flexibility and that, you know, anything I can dream up doing, I can do it, right? Even if I need to write custom code to make it happen. But the amount of times there's a plugin that does exactly what you need, and it might have 10 other users, but you're one of those people. Um, I think Woo has done a good job of respecting that core value of flexibility being one of the main reasons that that people come to this platform and this ecosystem. So I think that's been a really cool unifying thread over the past 10 years. Uh, I think the the changes though, obviously have been huge, right? We started off just very focused on like the commerce basics, you know, how to do general retail, selling t-shirts, et cetera. And I think over time, what's, what's cool, it's maybe a different thre- thread, but a theme of change has been how Woo has expanded to these 
totally different and disparate industries and use cases. And I think very different than uh, people who started the project probably even imagined. Yeah, I think that that's a good example. It's like when during my time in community at Wu, I was so surprised at like and and it was expecting I was expecting a wide range of diversity, expecting a wide range of applications and was just surprised fairly consistently. Oh wow, look at what someone's doing over here with WooCommerce that I'd never even heard of before. Oh my god, so many <laughs> experiences, right? Especially um people who do subscription selling or online memberships and um, even some of the bookings use cases, right? There's there's so much diversity of different things that people want to accomplish. And I love, and what I think is really cool is that oftentimes it's like they couldn't do it with any other system. Yep. But then they were able to do it with WordPress and WooCommerce. Now I'm curious because obviously uh, I, I'm also personally a big fan of the flexibility and just that that idea in general. In your experience, are there, are there <laughs> that's a leading question, are there trade-offs of that flexibility? Yeah, I think I think we all know them, right? Um, most folks don't necessarily choose WordPress as their first online rodeo, right? And I think the the project as a whole has been aware of that and has been really working hard to try and address that. Um, I think the, the thing in the industry that I found frustrating, um, has been that we still put so much of the burden and onus on the user to manage the entire stack. And so I think that, you know, I try to do as many customer interviews as I can still, and and my PMs go out and do them uh, regularly. We try to do it, you know, at least a few of them a week. And day in day out, it's still something I hear ten years later about. You know, it's hard to keep up with plugin updates and theme updates and manage all the software on my website. Um, so I think you know people people do have a trade off for it. Sometimes they're aware of it, sometimes they're not. Um, and that's one of the things that as an industry, I hope we we start to move uh, differently on. What is your take on why that's the case? Like, why, why, why is it after all this time? I'd argue that WordPress's initial success, like it's it's always been more user centered, right? Mm-hmm. But like, we're in this state now where it's like, yeah, there's all this complexity, especially in e-commerce. Like, what's your take? Like, why why is it not more user centered? You know, we can all make up a lot of things yeah. <laughs> here in this podcast for why, right? <laughs> I think it's just because it's a really, really hard problem to solve. And, um, you know, I think there, I can't remember the, the postulate that, that Google gave this name uh, or gave this phenomenon, but basically any interface you expose to the user will be one that some of them come to rely on, right? Talking about even things that are like hidden APIs or things that you don't expect. Some user is going to find it, manipulate it, and it's going to become a critical part of their workflow. And the thing with WordPress is the entire surface area is an interface that people expect to touch and use. And, you know, you just have these infinite possibilities as to how people use them. And that's multiplied across the number of versions that you can have running in the software. So I think it, it's just, it's, it's such a hard problem to solve. And there's so many permutations that you can't really do it reliably. reliably. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually, I was just going to say, it's so much flexibility that there's too many scenarios and you can never, how do you cover all those scenarios in a matter of a few solutions, you know, it's, there's always, well, I need this, I need this. So it's, where do you draw that line? And making a big change. That line is important, right? That you can't do it for everything. So you have to say like, well, what, what size net can I cast? I think some of us in the industry are working in that direction now, but I think that's kind of the approach that, that we felt makes the most sense is like, okay, well, what can I get? Can I get 80%? Can I get to 90%? You know, we'll never get to a hundred percent, 
especially when you look at the number of plugins and custom code and everything that could be happening on the site. But how close can you get? And I think it's a fun challenge. This is what I love about the hosting space in general is that you have this opportunity to really narrow in to the needs of whatever audience that you choose to go after and say like, hey, we love WordPress. We love the flexibility. You can do whatever you want. And we're going to take some responsibility to like to, to understand your needs, to listen, to make investments, to optimize our offerings to support those needs. And you can do that because you've picked an audience, whereas someone else could take the you know, same WordPress and they can be focused on a very specific other set of problems, right? And I think that's 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 where the flexibility can work really nicely, I think, is especially in that like hosting relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of which, yeah, what can you, what can you tell us about uh, what you guys are working on? Like, what, what are you excited about these days? Yeah, I'd say this, I mean, this is a good segue with that particular problem being one that we were keen to try and solve. Right. So um, in kind of joining up with the page lead team, we felt like that gave us a very good foundation because they've leaned into this concept and already sort of managed software updates um, for for enterprise clients who are notoriously uh, against change. Right. Yep. They want stability. They, they want boring. They want it to just work. Boring and making sure it works. Right. And so we were, we were very interested in that mindset because I think it showed, you know, they kind of had that same ethos of like, well, how might we, if we want to go approach that, how might we do it? And uh, so that's one of the things that we've been working on is, you know, trying to bring that uh, more specifically to Woo stores is, you know, can we manage more of the stack for you? Can we uh, automatically update your software for you safely? You know, your PHP versions, WordPress versions, a lot of hosts do that, but also, you know, WooCommerce versions and plugin versions. Can we do that and how wide of a net can we cast? And so I think that's been one of the focal points for what we've been working on with that team is trying to make the overall maintenance so much more seamless and and more akin to what you might find in a hosted platform that doesn't have all of those potential surface areas and pitfalls around management. That's a, that's awesome. And as you're talking to customers, are there any themes that are standing out to you in terms of, especially because I think a lot of, at least my interest, and I think a lot of ours is like seeing WooCommerce win, like love the proprietary platforms. It's, it's great what they're doing and they can serve specific needs, but ultimately it's like, we want WordPress to be, to be winning in the space. Right. And so we have to be listening to what customers are saying. Are there any themes that stand out to you of like what you're hearing from the folks you're interviewing that like where their pain is, like where, or, or even why they like WooCommerce, what stands out to you? Yeah. There's a couple that we're incorporating in uh, a product that we're working on now that we have in beta. Right. And so I'd say there's a few themes. One specific to Woo is um, multi-service and multi-channel selling. And we focused a lot on trying to make that easier. And I don't think that's global to the Woo ecosystem. That is the benefit of being part of a hosting company is, you know, we don't have to worry about 2.5 million people using the software. We can focus on a specific segment, right? And, and try to make things better for that segment. And so we see that folks who sell on their Woo store alone, easy peasy, right? You have everything you need at your fingertips in WP Admin. But when you start to sell across various channels, right? Like I want to sell in a retail location in person and I want to sell online and maybe I want to sell on Etsy or a marketplace or something else this challenge becomes exceedingly difficult um, for these for these merchants. And uh, some other platforms have solved that with really seamless integrations. And you need like that hub, that center for how you can do that and how you can integrate with those services. 
So that's a problem that we've been working on that I'm pretty pumped about is, you know, seamlessly syncing your products, inventory, customers, orders, all of that data across those channels, right? One thing GoDaddy does is, is in-person selling with like, you know, smart terminals, card readers, payments, right? And so the ability to sell something in your store and decide, you know, yes, that should be deducted from my online inventory too. You know, I'm pulling all these t-shirts out of the same box in my garage, right? So we want to make sure I have an accurate count. Um, trying to solve that problem has been one that we've been very excited about. And um, and one of the things we focused on with with, uh, with our upcoming products. I remember going into, so I, I joined WooCommerce uh, right before uh, COVID uh, kicked into high gear. And uh, <laughs> I remember the, I, I just started my local meetup. I just started my local meetup. And then later that week, I had to write the post where we made the decision to like close all the meetups. And that was my like, okay, and I'm here in the community role. Let's do this. <laughs> and But what it did is it put me in this position because we moved to virtual is what we did. We moved them all to virtual. And suddenly, I'm hearing from all these people who are in... It was, it was very interesting because I'm sure this was universally across the case. They're looking at different platforms, but people coming into WordPress... And say, hey, I, I need to, I need to do something. Like, I need to be able to have a thing online. I, I'm curious. Like, we're it's we're in kind of a weird place where COVID's still doing its thing. Like, where there's there's this trying to get back to the semblance of normal. Like, what is normal anymore? From your perspective, have you noticed any shift? Like, for me, it's like there was initial like desperation, and this I, I saw a lot of growth. And do you feel like, and that, and that also led to a lot of. Um, I like feel like, I feel like stabilizing the features and functionality to support that. Do you, is there still a lot to be done there? Do you feel like we, are we serving people's needs better in that physical transition? Like they're going from physical to trying to get online. Sometimes they still have a retail store. I'm hearing you guys are being focused more on that spot. And yeah, like what are you, what are you hearing from folks? Is it, is it getting better? Uh, I think in some ways it gets better in some ways it's still hard, Right. So a lot of those folks who were retail in person, who then had to come online, right? A lot of them were able to do that. And we've done a lot of work for those folks too, right? You know, you can buy it online. It'll sync to your smart terminal. You can pick it up in store. Um, and, and those are really cool workflows. And I think it's super neat to just be able to do that for small businesses. That's like, you know, you can do what Target does, but yourself, right? So there's really great progress there. But I think the other side of that is that those businesses though, didn't start online. They don't have years of understanding how to be found, how to market online, how to leverage the amount of data and analytics that you get online, right? Like how do you understand customer acquisition and, and, you know, marketing to those customers or retargeting. So I think um, we've also seen a substantial learning curve for those folks who have done in-person retail now coming online and coming in in such a huge wave, I think you just put it into a stronger focus. Like we knew that that was hard for people in their first online venture. Um, but so many of them who <laughs> just had this huge influx of people where it's their first online venture. It puts you in a position to, to do a lot of teaching and guiding them, I imagine. Like, Yeah. Yeah. And we've definitely kicked up a lot of that in terms of like, you know, content webinars and stuff. But um, you've got to build a lot of that in product and that takes time. Is that something you guys are thinking about for it? Like I know with GoDaddy Pro, I've had some context there where it's like, I, I've appreciated a lot of investment on GoDaddy's part to like, educate the the people who are building for these folks. That's great. Do you guys do similar things for the merchants? Is that stuff that you think about? Yeah, we have been. Um, I think it's a, a newer muscle since we had done a lot in the pro space, but not as much for like merchants specifically. 
that was one thing I, our team coming in was actually very excited about. Um, so someone on our community team, uh, Marcus, who actually came with us as part of Skyverge, now also runs like a lot of webinars for merchants and, and education for them. So I think education is definitely part of it. Um, education, in my mind, is always a stopgap, right? You need to put those guardrails and touch points in the product wherever you can. Yeah. Also, something we're trying to do is like, you know, here's what might be helpful as the next step in your journey. Yep. I remember with meetups, that was a lot of the focus. So people are coming in like, where do I even start? It's like, oh, well, uh, let's let's talk through the process. And I noticed it was less about the technical oftentimes. And some, like, they're just like, how do we think about this stuff? Yeah. And um, yeah, that, that's awesome. Yeah. How do I think about marketing campaigns in an online world? Right? I'm not doing local ad buys. <laughs> and that can be very intimidating for folks. It's not, you know, it, it can be explained quite simply, but it takes some, um, and it, it not, it's not only the ability to explain it, but to like, contextualize it for their specific needs, right? Like you could teach someone a whole lot about like online, like SEO that really is not that useful for where they're at right then. Hey everyone, Bob WP dropping into the show for a short break to tell you more about our two pod friends and to thank them for their amazing support. You know how important reviews are to your client sites or even your own boo shop. So why not check out the world's leading review platform where over 626,000 websites have been rated and reviewed. Trustpilot integrates with WooCommerce not only to help with getting more reviews and displaying them, but it also gives you the benefit of SEO. Every month, over 4 million reviews on Trustpilot helps potential customers find your clients and helps those customers make better buying decisions. Using Trustpilot with WooCommerce transforms reviews into traffic, sales, and customer loyalty. All you need to do is head over to the WooCommerce Marketplace and get their free extension. WPY Security, the brand behind WP Activity Log, also has you covered with CAPTCHA for WP plugin. This slick integration with the Google reCAPTCHA gives your clients an easy way to add CAPTCHA checks to their shops on the Woo checkout, registration, and account pages. And as a bonus, you can select where you want to add that CAPTCHA on the checkout page. So I suggest you head over to WPWhitesecurity.com and help your clients protect their Woo shops from fake registrations and orders the right way. Make sure and check out both of these pod friends. And now let's get back to the show. You know, I'm going to take advantage of this because when you were talking about multi-channel and I, I don't often get to do this. I was thinking about a podcast we had before with somebody um, and they were talking about warehousing, which kind of that came to mind a little bit. And one of the key things that he said in that, because he had worked with that a lot is, and this might be something you can, I, I just like your thoughts on that, you know, like yay, nay type thing. Yeah, totally makes sense. He said, one of the keys to warehousing is to avoid tight integration with WooCommerce. I think it honestly depends a lot on your strategy and what's going to be tapped into the warehouses, right? And I think it does tie to this multi-channel selling concept a lot. Right. So if you want the warehouse to be hooked into Woo and other systems, you know, then you can imagine that if Woo becomes what you're tightly coupled to, then the warehouse has to go to Woo. Everything else has to go to Woo. Now you've basically taken a piece of software, an app that you've 
deployed and you maintain yourself and made it a data hub. And so now you're not you're not just scaling a website, right? You have to be accepting, you know, API requests from those external providers coming to you, being able to do that in a performant way. Um, and so I think uh, some folks have had bad experiences with that because it's different hosting a web app than it is a website, right? So I think if if you go that route, that's probably why I've, I've heard some folks with that perspective. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we've also had experiences where a plugin or custom code on the site might, might break the REST API or changes responses or something, which also, you know, that's your <laughs> mode of communication between the site and everything else. You can't have that not functioning. I think um, if you go down that route, my advice to people has always been like, look, you need a good developer partner and one who understands the system because now you're running a web app, mm-hmm. yep. right? And so you need to just pick the right web app for the job. It might be your WooCommerce instance. Um, it might not. I think that's where um, we are trying to solve that problem just for a specific segment, right? Just like, you know, growing retailers, like you're kind of escaping that, you know, is this a good idea? It's a side hustle to like, this is my business, right? So when we look at, okay, this is our target segment. Here are some of the industries we could serve. We can at least try to make some of those decisions for them. I like that. So for the, for the folks who are listening that, um, you know, we have a lot of builders, folks who you know create products. There's also the service providers, the freelancers, the agencies, and you know this space really well. You've uh, been doing this uh, for for a good chunk of time. Uh, what what are some of the opportunities that you're noticing now? Like where where should folks who are like wanting to serve these merchants be putting their time and energy? Yeah, I think a lot of folks just have this fear of e-commerce, like as a as a you know, agency or pro or web dev, there is like a lot of context to learn and a lot of surface area to cover. You know, when you launch WordPress sites, even if it's different industries, it's a lot of times content, right? But when you're in e-commerce, now it's a web app, right? Now there's integrations with different services and, and a lot more to learn about what the merchant's job to be done in the website is. So I'd say, uh, you know, I think I've given this advice to folks in the past too, but I, I think it's worth repeating that if you can pick a part of that merchant journey and become a very trusted partner in that part of the journey, um, I think you'll develop great relationships with merchants who are going to rely on you think, for for a number of things. So things like helping them understand online marketing or analytics are two big areas where a lot of merchants, you know, they don't want to focus that much on how do I learn about my customers and my site conversion rate and how do I think about optimizing that and and the browsing and shopping experience. Or, you know, how do I segment my customers and, and appropriately target them with personalized automated messaging? Those are areas that I think um, that are not like specifically web dev, setting up sites, et cetera, right? But even just services that are um, interesting to offer, especially if you do have basic proficiency in development, because you can just understand what's possible better and leverage that. I like that a lot because when you're talking to a merchant, that's just the idea of understanding what's possible. It's that there's so much flexibility, right? There's there's so many things that are possible, which can be quite overwhelming. And oftentimes, as a service provider, uh, whether it's whether you're doing the work for them, whether you're creating the product, you're in a great place to introduce the possible to them. Exactly. And yeah, it's interesting. Like I, I remember talking to to agency folks, and yeah, there was this general like, oh, we can't do e-commerce. It's like, well, yeah, there's a lot of parts, but like you said, you can pick a part. You can. You can be a trusted source for that particular thing. Yeah, I think the difference is just, you know, if I set up a, a website for like a local law firm, 
right? I might have a maintenance retainer for them. And, you know, I, I keep the site up, I update their content for them and I manage it. And my job in managing that with them ongoing is not more complex or different than my job in setting up the site, right? Yeah, that's a good point. And that's like totally turned on its head with e-commerce. That like the easier thing is getting the site up and running and getting the content in there. Yes. Right. And then the ongoing tasks are just like so diverse and complex and and depend so much on the merchant's business and how they want to fulfill orders and manage customers. And I think that intimidates people. And um, I hope that, you know, that fear doesn't stop you from from picking, to your point, picking a piece of it. Well, and and by its nature, the more successful they are, the more complex things can become. Because now they they have more integrations, they have more needs. They might they might ask a question about warehousing at some point. And yep. And what do we do about this? Develop partnerships with other agencies, right? Get bring your friends. Yeah, and that that's the thing is like if you can be in that position, you stay open, and you're you're curious about things. It's a big world, like WordPress itself. But then it's like WooCommerce just like opens it up all that much more. Uh, but you you don't have to figure it all out. <laughs> you can you can find others. Absolutely. I mean. It, for you to figure it all out, you'd have to be like a 150 person agency. And even then there's still going to be things you don't know. Right. It's just, it's such a different beast, but I think that's also what's really fun and cool about it is that there's these areas of competency that you can zero in on and especially catering to, you know, your skills in terms of whether that's design or development, or, you know, maybe you're just really good at figuring out how, how different tools work. Right. I mean, I can't tell you how many merchants would just love someone to manage Google analytics for them. Yeah, and I was going to say, and and Jonathan, you can probably, because this is what you talked about at WordCamp Europe, is it almost seems like some of these agencies, some of these smaller that are reluctant need to be also educated on how to use and create and make use of good partnerships and not just think of partnerships as, you know, you do this and this, you make referrals to me and I make referrals to you. And I think that's where... As much as you would think it would be natural for people to understand that, I know from my experience when people come to me and want to, you know, start a partnership, what that typically means and a, that value there of having that expertise and having all these other resources out there that you can help each other. You know, if you get that right and get that nailed down, then yeah, you you've got a smooth running machine there versus you know frantically saying, oh, I can't do that or. Maybe I should try to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's something too that um, GoDaddy has been learning from even the hosting space as well, right? That we need to develop more of these partnerships with folks who do specific pieces of commerce so that we can say like, oh, hey, merchants need these things. They come to us as the first touch point. How do we connect them to the right um, to the right partners to help with the job? And so I think um, that sort of like connectedness of the merchant journey is something where there's a lot of partnerships to be had and you don't have to try to do everything yourself or you don't have to be in that, you know, frenemies position of like, oh, this job is too big for me or too small for me, right? It's not about the size of the job. It's about the uh, the vertical it's in and developing those partnerships that are like parallel and, and aligned to the verticals that you do. You you know the product space quite well. Your, your Skyva- Skyverge background uh, gave you at least a little bit of experience in, in WooCommerce products. <laughs> for for the folks for folks who are like looking at the size of this ecosystem and saying like, hey, we, we want to solve some more problems. Like, what what guidance would you have to offer for folks who are like wanting to get into creating products in WooCommerce today? Yeah, I think no matter what size you are, there's great recipes and great guidelines to follow. And so even a company as big as GoDaddy, right, we're doing these exact things right now, trying to look at a specific 
uh, niche or target audience and problem. Um, I think with Woo and WordPress, there's this um, temptation to try to go as big as you can because it's a big ecosystem and you can build things flexibly, abstract, you know, serving multiple use cases at once, right? And I'd say avoid that temptation. Um, you can still develop things from a, a good abstract mindset, but to focus a product on a specific audience or niche when you start and to solve something very specific. What we've learned over time is that deciding on a niche or a narrower slice of the market than you otherwise might, you're going to learn a lot more. You're going to be able to have happier customers who are going to promote you to other people. And then in turn, you'll open up adjacencies for yourself in terms of you know other jobs to be done or other things that your product could do that you may not have anticipated as use cases. But uh, it'll get you to market faster. It will get you testing and in the hands of customers. And you know I do truly feel like there is no substitute for that. You can run all the tests in the world. You can do all the research. You can give people prototypes. But start small, get in front of customers and iterate has, you know, I think proven time and time again that it's the best way to bring a product into market and improve it and enhance it over time. You know, no plan survives contact with the enemy. So get out there, you know, get in front of them and and um, let them tell you what they need. It's curious that the fear that that often can show up in like maybe early stages of product creators of like, oh, if we if we do this, we're limiting ourselves. And I'm curious your thoughts on this. It seems at least in my experience, like you can always do more afterwards. <laughs> you can always expand the scope of what you do. You can always like create another product, but like oftentimes it, it seems that people just like, they start with too big of a scope. They're like, Oh, I don't want to limit myself to like too small of an audience or too specific of a problem. What, what I'm hearing you say, it's like, no, like do that. You can build on that. You can land and expand. I think the, the difference there is often, um, and it depends on what, what part of your journey you're in. Like, you know, a company like Skyverge where we were like 37 people when we were acquired, you know, an opportunity may not seem big enough for us to invest in. And I think sometimes for some folks, they feel that way. Like, you know, okay, well, if I'm going to invest in this, I need to make like X dollars for it to, to be reasonable. Right. And I think it's, it's fine to think about a product in those terms. Sometimes that's the right decision. Sometimes it's not. I think though, um, it, it can be a short term view. So looking at the long term potential of what you're building, you don't have to necessarily say like, well, I need to capture hundred percent of this market like at once, right? Identify what you feel like is the best segment. Because if you try to capture all of it at once, you will never get there. The customer feedback you're going to get is going to be too diffuse. You're not going to be able to parse it effectively. You're not going to have promoters who love your product and are willing to tell other people about it. Like in order, you know, you have to go slow to go fast. And so I think even if you might feel like you're limiting yourself, um, take a longer term view of what the overall market is. If you do think you could get there, then recognize that it's just going to be a long term strategy to get there. I like that in the long term thinking. Uh, I'm last thing I'm curious about for the moment is on on the community side of things. As you think about the builders, like you've you've had a lot of experience, you've watched the WooCommerce community grow. Like how, how do you like? It seems like it's one of the more unique things I think about open source and WooCommerce is like how how strong and like like how, what what guys if someone's coming into the space 
and they see the opportunity and they're wanting to invest and like create products or start it or, or add WooCommerce services to their agency, what guidance would you have to offer, if any, for like, how, how should they think about the community? How should they relate to it? Is that, yeah, like, what would you say about that? Yeah, I agree with how much of a role the community plays. I think it can intimidate folks sometimes. So I'd say the first piece of advice wouldn't even be what to do or what not to do. It would be recognize like this is a good support infrastructure for people overall and you should be a part of it and embrace that. I think what I've found to be really impactful is um, to to come in and understand like can I be of service to this community in some way? A lot of times folks come in and you know they might listen or they might hang out on the fringes or they might, you know, like ask for things in the community. And sometimes people are going to be willing to help you, right? But I think if you want to develop a brand in the space, to develop an agency, or to um, build up that karma, right, you need to be able to give something back to it. And that giving something back to it um, is going to help you sort of, you know, springboard your efforts. And then in turn, you'll find that people are more willing to give you feedback, to beta test products, to help you with with problems. You may not think you need that now, but you will at some point. You know, we, we've we contributed a lot to WooCommerce core over time. There's still times where we have questions about it, right? And, um, you know, even even having touched a lot of different uh, parts of, of the code base or functionality over time, you know, there's still things that you don't know about it. And the community is an excellent way for you to, to learn that, but you need to invest in it to get something out of it. It's one of the things I love about contributor days at WordCamps. Uh, and I'll encourage folks because people can find it pretty daunting if they've never been like, oh, I, I couldn't do that. It's like, no, that's not the point. Like, This is about learning and, and connecting with folks and just showing up and expressing that openness and willingness to like, hey, like, because everyone has something that they can bring. And that's at least, yeah, like there's there's something about community in the sense of uh, the way that I like to think of like shared ownership, like with an open source. When you show up, it's like, if I help you with your WooCommerce that also benefits me in a way because more people are having success and we're using this thing together. And I think that's, that's surprising for people. I think if they're not used to an open source ecosystem. So yeah, it's, it's something that until you really like going to a meetup, going to an event, like talking to folks, attending, I think you just have to kind of experience it for yourself is at least what I found. If you're not used to this open source ecosystem. I think people can just have a tendency to under index on relationships. And I think I, I probably was one of those people 10 years ago. Right. Like, why do you need to network? <laughs> you know, it's like, well, if you if you have a great product, you know, people are going to love it. It doesn't matter. But I think uh, if I've learned anything, it's that those um, relationships are key to helping you build a great product, like building those relationships with your customers and with people who would be interested in using the product, helping you promote the product. Um, so I don't, if I were going to try to give advice to maybe my past self anyway, <laughs> it would be to uh, recognize the inherent value in that and make sure that you cultivate it. Yeah. I think it's coming out of that shell or whatever. <laughs> and because most people I've talked to that haven't experienced a word camp and then somehow they decide to do it and you talk to them afterwards, there's very few times you find regrets. You know, nobody says, wow, that just really sucked. And, you know, I, I would, I'll never do that again. It's like, whoa, I did not know this would happen as it played out and stuff. And I, I think I even talked to a few people at WordCamp Europe that this was their first WordCamp and they were just like, they were in awe of everything and 
people they talked to and stuff. And it was, um, you know, we had Adam. Yep. Adam, good old Adam from GoDaddy. You know, he, he, I, I gave him the mic of the podcast and told him, just find somebody and talk to them. So he did. He just grabbed the first person that went by. Of course, that's Adam. That's, you know, pure Adam. But it was, yeah, it was like three, four minute quick talk and it was her first experience. And, you know, again, I did that with Carl and uh, his name is um, Boogie. And it was Boogie's first time at a WordCamp. And it was just interesting. It was almost like hearing these little personal conversations that they met each other. And I think we we don't often know what really happens there and how many people are, I don't want to say enlightened, but they are, they realize the value of it. And hopefully, you know, that carries on for them. Yeah. I'd say too, it, it ties back to Jonathan's earlier question, right? Just to close a loop on it of, you know, how are you going to build a great product? You have to build that exact relationship that you might value in the community with your customers, right? You need to be able to talk to them. You need to be able to ask them what they think. You need to be able to put something in front of them and see how they react. And so, you know, I think just understanding that a, a part of your time is going to be fostering and investing in relationships is, is an important part of what you do. What is your next uh, WordCamp? Uh, WordCamp US. Yes. So it's been uh, a long time for me. I was trying to think of the last one I went to, and I think it was uh, WordCamp US in St. Louis. You uh, you got one of the few tickets then. I did. I did. Uh, I have a speaking ticket. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one to get. What are you going to be talking about? About uh, multi-channel selling. So um, I'm, I'm actually really excited since, um, as I mentioned, we have this product in beta. We're really focusing a lot on helping multi-channel sellers. And so I think we'll have some really great data and insights that we can even bring in um, post-launch to share with people about what we've seen, you know, be successful in which channels have, have done well for which industries. So I'm really looking forward to, to sharing our experience, at least with a segment of the blue market that we've tried to sort of, um, double down on and, and, um, make their jobs easier. It's awesome. Looking forward to that. And for those who are interested in learning more about what you're working on, where, uh, where can they find you on the, yeah, website? I am in the woo community Slack, which I think is a great place to, to start. Love to chat. Um, we have a lot of our team there as well. Um, I think anyone uh, who's using Woo, who's interested in um, talking about your experience, you know, I'd love, to, I'd love to chat with you or have someone from my team chat with you. You know, like I said, we try to spend a not insignificant amount of our time uh, doing that and, and trying to acutely understand the pain points that folks have running WooCommerce stores or, you know, a Woo-focused agency helping merchants. Um, so I would love to chat if you want to uh, link up there. Um, you can always stay in touch with uh, the GoDaddy Garage blog too. Um, so we also post a lot about our our product updates there. We'll have a lot of really exciting, you know, woo focused news uh, over the the second half of the year. It'll be it'll be a pretty fun time. Um, and uh, you can connect with me personally on Twitter too. It's b e k a underscore r i c e. Awesome, excellent. All right, very very good. And we won't let over 200 episodes pass before we have you on again. So, you know, we got to make sure that doesn't happen again. I, well, I had a good excuse. Bob. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, having know. a, yeah. having a baby and raising a toddler in the interim was, uh, was a good reason, but you know, nice to be back and getting some more sleep again. So. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you very much, Becca. It was always, and is a pleasure. Yes. Likewise. It was good to see you guys. Hey everyone, thanks again for dropping in and I'd like to give one more shout out to our two pod friends, Trustpilot.com 
the world's leading review platform that integrates with WooCommerce and gives your clients the extra benefit of SEO with their free extensions on the WooCommerce Marketplace. And CAPTCHA 4 WP Plugin. Easily integrating Google CAPTCHA for added security on your client's WooCommerce shop at wpwhitesecurity.com. And if you just happen to pick up on Do The Woo and you're not subscribed yet, head on over to dothewoo.io slash subscribe and you'll be kept up to date on all the podcast episodes. So till we meet again, keep on doing the woo.